0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد last time then, we were discussing regarding al mahabba love and the different categories of it loving allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that that type of love is exclusive to allah a love when you submit To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You submit and surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fulfill the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the submission and the surrender to Allah. The love. Loving Allah in worship, in obedience. Then there were the other categories of love. محبّة طبيعية, natural love, like a person who is hungry, loves food and to eat. And محبّة إشفاق, the love of affection, loving of the parent to his child. And محبّة Uns the love of that companionship, the love of, between friends, that type of love also. Those we mentioned last time, today then we carry on here in that same section. Qala al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul al-Wahhab rahimahullah wa fihi أن من اتخذ نداً تساوي محبته محبة الله فهو الشرك الأكبر. الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى said that within it, i.e. within that statement of Allah regarding those Mushrikun, the ones who take partners alongside Allah. And they love them as they love Allah. Then the Shaykh said, Whoever takes a partner alongside Allah and equals the love between Allah and those other partners they've made, then he has committed major shirk. Loving others with that love of submission, that love of uh subordinance, that love of surrender in worship and obedience if that is done to others besides Allah then that is major shirk wa qulna qariban inma hubbat Allah allati hiya mahabbat al-ubudiyyah yajibu an tuqaddam ala al-mahabbah allati laysat that the love that you have in submission to allah in worship to allah then that love is given priority over other types of love (laughs) the joined or The type of love which is distributed between different people The love of the parents to the children to the spouses the love of wealth All of that type of love is over different things Whereas the love of submission and surrender to Allah is purely To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The love in obedience and worship to Allah it mentions in the قل إن كان آباءكم وأبناءكم وإخوانكم وأزواجكم عشيرةكم وأموال اَقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وتجارة تخشون كسادها ومساكن ترضونها أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله فتربصوا حتى يأتي الله بأمره Wallahu la it mentions in this ayah that say if your fathers and your children and your brothers and your wives and your families and your wealth that you've gathered, your business that you fear losing and your homes, all of those things, if they are more beloved to you than Allah and his messenger and jihad in the path of Allah, then wait for the command of Allah to come upon you. Allah does not guide the fasiqeen, those wrongdoers. So this is highlighting that you do not give precedence to loving others over the love of Allah. You do not love your... Family, even or your wealth or your homes or anything, over and above and more than the love of Allah سبحانه تعالى. فتوعد سبحانه من قدم هذه المحبوبات الثمان على محبة الله ورسوله والأعمال التي يحبها، ولم يتوعد على مجرد حب هذه الأشياء. لأن هذا شيء جبل, جبل عليه الإنسان ليس اختياريا وإنما توعد من قدم محبتها على محبة الله ورسوله ومحبة ما يحبه الله ورسوله The point here is not that it's impermissible to love these Is it permissible to love The fathers, the sons, the brothers, all these things mentioned, your property, your business, etc. Of course, you love those things. But the point is, you cannot give them priority over the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what it mentions here that Allah has threatened those who give priority to these eight things that were mentioned in the ayah in their love for them over and above their love for Allah and his messenger and the righteous actions deeds that Allah loves and Allah didn't just threaten them for loving those things loving those things is allowed but the threat is upon those who love these things over and above their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, just generally loving those things is natural. Of course, you have love for those things naturally. وَإِنَّمَا توعد مَنْ قَدَّمَ مَحَبَّتَهَا عَلَى مَحَبَّةِ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَحَبَّةِ مَا يُحِبُّهُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ But the threat is only upon those who give priority to their love for these things over their love for Allah and His Messenger and that which Allah and His Messenger love. So therefore, it is a must. You must give precedence to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves from his servants. And you must give precedence uh, upon what a servant wants. min مِنْ اِثَارِ مَا أَحَبَّهُ اللَّهُ مِنْ عَبْدِهِ وَأَرَادَهُ عَلَى مَا يُحِبُّهُ الْعَبْدُ وَيُرِيدُهُ You have to give priority to what Allah loves and what Allah wants for His servant over and above what you want and what you love personally. So loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there are certain signs that indicate it. There are certain signs that indicate your love سبحانه وتعالى منها أن من أحب الله تعالى فإنه يقدم ما يحبه الله من الأعمال على ما تحبه نفسه من الشهوات والملذات والأموال والأولاد والأوطان. The first sign of your true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that whomsoever really loves Allah, then he will give precedence, will give priority to that which Allah loves from the actions and the deeds over and above. What you yourself, what your soul loves and wants from the desires and from those affairs that your soul is inclined to and from the wealth and the children and the places, all of the things that you may be desiring of, you give priority to the love of Allah, loving Allah over and above what you desire and what you love. ومنها أن من أحب الله تعالى that whomsoever loves الله سبحانه وتعالى فإنه يتبع رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما جاء به فيفعل ما أمر به ويترك ما نهى عنه that if you truly love الله سبحانه وتعالى then you will follow his messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that which he came with and you will do what he commanded and you will stay away from that which he prohibited that is from the sign of your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's mentioned the evidence for that in Ali Imran 31 and 32 that say indeed if you truly love Allah then follow me and Allah will love you and forgive for you your sins and he is the oft forgiving, the oft merciful. And it also mentions after that, قُلْ أَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ Say, Obey Allah and the Messenger. This is all from your sign of true love for Allah. That you obey Allah and His Messenger. فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْكَافِرِينَ And if they turn away, then indeed Allah does not love the disbelievers. قَالَ بَعْضُ Some of the salaf, they said, اِدَّعَى قَوْمٌ مَحَبَّةَ اللَّهِ That there were a people who claimed their love for Allah. There were a people who claimed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ ayat al الْمَحَبَّةِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed upon them this ayah. Ayatul Mahabah. And some of the scholars, they call it Ayatul Imtihad. The ayah that is the test upon you. Are you somebody who truly loves Allah? Or are you somebody who only claims to love Allah? And you do not in reality, this ayah is the test. Because it says, say, if you indeed love Allah, then follow me. So those who truly love Allah, they follow the messenger, they follow the Quran, they follow the sunnah. That is your sign of truly loving Allah. But somebody who claims to love Allah but does not follow what is in the Qur'an, does not follow what is in the Sunnah, abandons that, ignores that, neglects that, instead follows blindly his Imam, follows blindly his Madhab, follows blindly what is being taught by his forefathers, then that is not a sign of your true love for Allah and the messenger blindly following some pathway rather your true sign of loving Allah is that you actually follow the guidance sent to us by Allah you follow the Quran and the Sunnah precisely not innovations and deviations not your own desires and misguidances so قال بعض الصنف ادعى قوم محبة الله، فأنزل الله تعالى آية المحبة، قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله، ففي الآية بيان، ففي الآية بيان دليل محبة الله وثمرتها وفائدتها that in this ayah it clarifies the evidence upon loving Allah and the fruits of that and the benefit of that. So the evidence and the sign that you do indeed love Allah is that you are following the messenger and ask for the benefit of it and the uh, fruits of it and that is uh, that you will achieve the love of Allah. You will achieve the love from Allah. And also that you will be forgiven for your sins, that you are given and gain the love of Allah and also that you are forgiven for your sins and that is the reality of loving Allah they used to mention the phrase "laysa uh, lay and to him it is not about you loving Allah or claiming to love Allah but rather it is and to hab, are you somebody who is loved are you somebody whom Allah loves otherwise every Muslim will claim and say they love Allah that isn't the point the point is are you somebody who Allah loves and you know that narration the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu wasallam said that tomorrow ghadan la narrayah. That tomorrow I'm going to give the flag of the army to a man. To a man. The rajulin yuhibbu Allah wa rasoolah wa yuhibbuhu Allah wa rasoolah. That tomorrow I'm going to give the flag of the army. To a man who loves Allah and his messenger. But also Allah and his messenger love him. So that night it mentions... That the Sahaba RadhiAllahu Anhum were all discussing All talking about it who is going to be given the flag Umar ibn al-Khattab RadhiAllahu anhu said He never ever wanted to be the leader for anything He never wanted to be in charge and be the leader he didn't care But he said that night He wanted to be given the flag as well. He wanted it that night. He did want to be given the flag and put in charge. Not because of authority and leadership. But why? Hmm? Not so that Allah could love him, but Uh-huh. so you're right about the love because the prophet sallallahu has said tomorrow whoever he gives the flag to is a man who loves allah and the messenger but also allah and his messenger love that man who gets given the flag so every companion wanted to be given the flag <coughs> wanted to be given the flag because it would be a sign that Allah loves them, and the Messenger loves them. Is the fragrance turned off now? Can you, can you remove it? please? <laughs> so it is a sign that Allah and the Messenger love that person. So they all wanted to be given that testimony. Sir Umar ibn al-Khattabi said, I never wanted to be in charge of anything. I don't care. But that night, I wanted to be given the flag too. Not because of being in charge, but because he knew then it would be a testimony from the Prophet that, the, that Allah loves him and the Messenger loves him. Who actually got the flag that next day? Ali ibn Abi Talib RadiAllahu Anhu Because the next day the Prophet sallallahu alayhi asked them about Ali ibn Abi Talib But in fact, originally Ali ibn Abi Talib had not gone so that battle because he had a problem with his eyes so then they said that he, عينيه, he has got a problem with his eyes and then the prophet ﷺ said bring him and they brought him and he spittled spittled into his eyes and he was cured and they mentioned that ali ibn Abi talib never ever had any problem with his eyes after that again From the Dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, that is about the love of Allah and the Messenger. وَمِنْ عَلَامَاتِ صِدْقِ مَحَبَّةِ الْعَبْدِ لِلَّهِ مَا ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهُ بِقَوْلِهِ And also, from the signs that a person's love for Allah is genuine. ...is what Allah has mentioned in the ayah. In this ayah, and the ayah continues in Al-Ma'idah 54... ...that O oh you who believe, whomsoever apostates from you, from his religion... Then Allah will bring a people whom he loves, and they love him. أذلة على (todic) المؤمنين (todic) عزة (todic) على الكافرين يجاهدون في سبيل الله ولا يخافون لوم تلائم. فذكر في هذه الآية الكريمة لمحبة الله أربع علامات. Four signs are mentioned in this ayah for your love for Allah. And that is what we'll begin with straight after the prayer, insha'Allah. The four signs mentioned in that ayah. So, carrying on from where we left off then, it was the ayah in Surah al maida Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said the meaning of which is "O you who believe Whoever from among you turns back from his religion of Islam apostates Then Allah will bring a people who he loves And they love him They are humble towards the believers and stern towards the disbelievers fighting in the way of Allah and never fear the blame of the blamers never fear the blameworthiness from the blamers so there are four things mentioned here four things Al-Alamah الأولى, أَنَّ الْمُحِبِّينَ لِلَّهِ يَكُونُونَ أَذِلَّةً عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That those whom love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then they are humble towards the believers. They are humble towards the believers. قَالَ عَطَاءَ رَحِمَهُ الله يَكُونُونَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ That they are towards the believers like a father to his son, like the parent to the child. That is their humbleness, that is their soft nature and gentleness that they have to the believers. Those who truly love Allah. The second characteristic, Al-Alamah, Athaniyah, Annahum yakoonun a izza al-Kafirin, that they are stern towards the disbelievers. They are not in submission to the disbelievers. They do not. Have that khudu'a or da'af in front of the disbelievers, they have sternness in front of the disbelievers to the disbelievers. Al-alamatu thalitha, anahum yujahiduna fi sabilililah bin nafsi wal yad wal mal wal lisan that they strive in the path of Allah they strive and fight in the path of Allah with themselves and their hand physically with their wealth and with their tongue in order to empower the religion of Islam and to deter the enemies by all means. And that is the third. The fourth now, Al Alama is annahum <speaking in Hebrew> la that they are not taken by the blameworthiness of those who blame them. So they are not Affected by those who put blame upon them or speak bad of them, those who have that bad attitude towards them, they are not affected or impacted by that, by those who put them down or go against the truth. Then uh, a Sheikh al-Fawzan he goes on to say, Al-Asbab. الجالبة لمحبه الله تعالى 10 اشياء ذكرها ابن القيم رحمه الله that from the means to bring about the love for Allah there are 10 things Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned to bring about that love for Allah in the servant. The first, I had to have a Quran with a double what the read a bit. Reading the Quran, reciting the Quran with focus and understanding upon its meanings and what is intended reading the quran reciting it but with focus and understanding and pondering over it to understand what allah is saying in it and the meanings of it and that is very different to what many people do Many people recite the Qur'an, but without understanding anything. And that is a problem. It is not fulfilling the exact uh, purpose of the revelation of the Qur'an. Reading it, that is good. Reading it, reciting the Qur'an, memorizing it, all of that is good. But really there needs to be something more. And that is that you understand it. You understand what you are reading. You understand what you are memorizing. So that you understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you. That is one of the purposes behind the Quran. So the first method by which that love for Allah, it increases in you. Is the reading of the Quran with understanding and pondering and realizing the meanings of it. the second method, ila ta'ala bin nawafil to seek closeness to Allah through superrogatory act. After the obligatory ones, there are obligatory acts that we all have to do, but then on top of that, there are the superrogatory acts, the optional, the nawafil, that a servant does them too after the obligations, of course. Then that is also another means of seeking closeness to Allah. A third. The third method. Consistently being upon the remembrance of Allah in every state. Constantly being upon the remembrance of Allah in all your affairs. Upon your tongue, in your heart, and with your actions and limbs. Fourthly, a rabbi etherumayu hibbohullahu alama, you hibbohul abt, in the tazahumil mahabbate. Fourthly, that you give precedence. To what Allah loves over what you love if a clash occurs. If you are in a situation now where you desire and love want to do something. But that is at the same time where one of the commandments of Allah needs to be fulfilled. Then you give precedence to your love for Allah over your personal desire meaning for example at the time of the prayer maybe at the time of the prayer there's something you want to do there's somewhere you want to go but it's at the time of the prayer you're gonna miss the jamaha in the masjid if you do it so in that case postpone whatever it is you want to do what you love what you desire where you wanna go postpone that because you give priority to your love for Allah and you come and pray on time and then you go and do what you want to do so when there is a clash or where there is something simultaneous then you always give priority to the obedience to Allah over your personal desire whatever it is you love and you want to do al-khamis the fifth at <laughs> ta'ammul فِي أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ وَمَا تَدُلُّ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْكَمَالِ وَالْجَلَالِ وَمَا لَهَا مِنَ الْآخَارِ الْحَمِيدَ To ponder over the names and attributes of Allah. To ponder over the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His names and attributes that indicate His perfection and majesty and the great effects which are derived the praiseworthy effects, the praiseworthy consequences from the names and attributes of Allah. Because when it comes to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now we know that every name of Allah, every name of Allah has an attribute, a sifa. And then the sifat they have the athar. The athar, something which is then derived from that attribute, something which is then the impact or the consequence of that attribute, so the point here is to know and to ponder over the names and attributes of allah we've done the hadith before <speaking> in the <world> that indeed allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has 99 names and we've explained that before it doesn't mean only 99 names allah has more but whomsoever learns them, man ahsaha, what does it mean, man hmm? ahsaha? Understood, uh-huh. تأمل, emulate, because ahsaha in Arabic, what does it normally mean? Count. So this hadith doesn't mean just count. It doesn't mean whoever counts, gets the list of the names of Allah, reads them all. doesn't mean that. Man Ahsaha here means at ta'ammul. You focus on them, you think about them, you practice them, you memorize them. All of that is in Ahsaha in this narration. Knowing them, pondering, memorizing, acting upon them. How do you act upon the names and attributes of Allah? If you know, for example that Allah is a samir that he hears everything that means you will not say something which is bad this is acting upon the names and attributes of Allah you know Allah is Al-Alim the all-knowing then you are not going to do something in secret that is haram because you know Allah is the all-knowing so this is acting upon the names and attributes of Allah as sadis at Tammul Fina Milahi Vahira, Wal Baatina, Wamushahedat Abiri, he was Sunni, he went army here, Allah Ibadi, to focus on, to ponder over the blessings of Allah, the apparent blessings, the hidden blessings, and to witness the great kindness and goodness and generosity and blessing that allah has bestowed upon you because when you think about all of that then it creates and grows your love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there are so many of those blessings if you try to count the number of blessings of allah you would not be able to do so. Asabya the seventh. Inkisarul Qalb That you recognize your poverty before your Lord. You recognize how minuscule you are before your Lord. What is the words they use? number 7 huh feeling humble and in want of allah that you recognize how small you are how minuscule and small of a creation you are and you are in need of allah for everything when you recognize that then you will also love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, your Creator. الثامن الخلوة بالله وقت النزول الإلهي حين يبقى ثلث الليل الآخر وتلاوة القرآن في هذا الوقت وخدم ذلك بالاستغفار والتوبة. To be in isolation with Allah, meaning in the last third of the night when Allah descends to the lowest heaven, that you be in isolation in worship to Allah at that time by reciting the Quran, by prayer and by finishing all of that by seeking forgiveness from Allah. All of that will increase your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. at Tasir the ninth. Mujalasatu <laughs> ahlil khayr wa salah al-muhibbeena lillahi azza wa min Kalami. To sit with the people of righteousness. To have the good company. To sit with the righteous people so you benefit from them. And you benefit from their speech. And we know the Prophet sallallahu told us. You have to look carefully to who your friends are. Because your friends, they will impact upon you. Your friends, who your company is. If they are bad, it's gonna have a bad influence on you. If they are good, it will have a good impact on you. So, the ninth is to make sure you have good company with righteous people so that you increase in your piety and righteousness as an example from them. Al <inaudible> Asher, the 10th, Al Ibtiad and Kulli Sababin Yahulu Bain Al Qalbi wa Bain Allah, or Bain Allah, To distance yourself From anything, everything, that causes an obstacle between you, between your heart and Allah. To separate yourself from all of those things that are causing a block between your heart and Allah. So, all of the different types of things that may preoccupy you, if you're going and doing things, wasting your time on them and you're being neglectful of Allah, then do less of those things. Less of those things out playing and here and there, whatever it might be, so that you can spend more time on focusing in your remembrance of Allah. If you do too much of all of these things in the world, you become neglectful and you forget the remembrance of Allah. So anything that blocks you from your remembrance of Allah, then try to put that aside and get rid of that. That is where we have to stop today on those 10 points of Ibn al Qayyim. We'll carry on, inshaAllah ta'ala, from the next section next week at 7 p.m. InshaAllah.